Hello and welcome to this Thursday edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. You can follow me at ChrisBelcher24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show is at PBW Podcast on those platforms as well. So make sure you give us a follow. Make sure you are subscribing wherever you find your podcast. And make sure you are subscribing to the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel. That's where you get the exclusive video version of this podcast. Again, follow along with us on social media. Interact with us because that's the best way for us to know if you're digging what we're doing. So at PBW Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Once again, my name is Chris Belcher. Hanging out with me as always today is the young buck, Mr. Andy York. Andy, we were talking before we hit the record button. There is so much to get to this week. Yeah, it's uh, what I've dubbed the uh, in the summer of injuries, apparently. And uh, there's a lot of, of things going on and circumstances going on. And it's uh, frustrating, but it's also making these companies do different stuff at different times. And it's it's getting pretty interesting as well. So there's a lot to, to talk about and dive into. Yeah, a lot of knee-jerk moves for the good and for the bad. Um, and we just have to take what we get. You know, we can't help injuries. That's the one thing you can't plan for. That's the frustrating yeah. thing about fantasy football. You can't plan <laughs> for injuries. Um, but, <laughs> but anyway, guess it's the frustrating part about wrestling too. Anyway, that's beside the point. So, <laughs> man, let's get into it. Before we do, speaking of injuries, you called it. I mean, AEW and WWE aren't the only ones that are dealing with injuries. Shout out to our boy, Matt Cardona, who had surgery to repair his torn bicep this week uh, timetable for him to return i think is about three to five months yep so broski six belts i don't know if he's going to be relinquishing some of those i don't know what's going to happen but we shall see so shout out to matt cardona uh, he's still making the rounds if you look on the internet he made an appearance at gcw last weekend he's scheduled for the nwa show in knoxville this weekend so yep. and we'll see what happens we'll see. Well, boys making around though. <laughs> um, but shout out to Matt Cardona. Um, and let's move on to AEW. Let's talk about, I don't want to say the biggest injury of all, but the biggest injury that could have happened to AEW. And that's CM Punk. You know, last we recorded, CM Punk was the champ. And we were trying to figure out what's coming next. And we found out he was going to face Tanahashi at Forbidden Door. And then Friday rolls around and we find out that Punk has broken his foot. Yeah. And then we get into this situation. Okay. Before I get into the situation, your initial reaction, we were texting before it happened and you heard the promo. What was your initial reaction? So first off, I was kind of confused because Jericho was saying on commentary that he was having to relinquish the title. And then right. he Jericho quickly went on Twitter and was like, nope, he's not relinquishing. That was my fault, whatever. Um, I, you know, it's, it sucks for him and for like, for the fans, because we've, you know, punk has been a big part of AEW last year. He obviously was the one guy everybody was waiting to return into pro wrestling. He's finally mm -hmm. back in pro wrestling. He's now the champion and, you know, he got injured. It's, it kind of feels at first it felt like the, the whole Finn Balor situation after SummerSlam a couple years ago when he won the universal title, but had to relinquish it due to injury. And, you know, I, I hate it for Punk because he's he's busted his butt and he's put in the work to get to that point um, to become champion. He, you know, wasn't just handed this opportunity, but he actually worked his way to that opportunity. Sure. Um, so that like that part really, really sucks. I'm glad, though, he's not relinquishing it because I don't think he's going to be out for a crazy amount of time. Um, I think the reports right now is he's going to be out two to three months after mm. recovery, which isn't terrible. Um, so I'm glad he's not relinquishing it. It, it kind of sets up a story as soon as he comes back of, you know, Punk versus Moxley or Punk versus whoever else at that point in time. So I think it's interesting. It's just it, it's a little convoluted at this point as well. So there's there's a lot of questions still in the air. Yeah, think. Um, <laughs> let me tell you that that's the situation. Punk not relinquishing the title. Okay, that's strike one for me. And I'm, I understand that he's not going to be out as long, especially if they find that out after the fact. He's probably not going to be out as long as they originally thought. Okay, I understand, but your champion's on the shelf, champion's injured, you should probably relinquish the title 
That's just standard practice. Okay, I might be able to give him a pass. Okay. Then we move on to Jericho says he's relinquishing. Excalibur has to say, no, he's not relinquishing. Okay, so we're having issues there. Then you move on to, well, we're going to have a battle royal coming up on Dynamite this week, and the winner is going to face John Moxley for the championship. That was originally what was said. Then they come back. They have to release a statement the following day. To, that's, that's the real problem I have with all this, is when you have to release a statement that you're crowning an interim world champion, and here's how you're going to do it, and it's step by step by step. And like, why don't you just have a match? If you're going to crown an interim world champion, why don't you just have the match? But instead, now we're not facing Moxley for the belt. We're facing Moxley for a chance to go face two people, you know, in a match at New Japan. Whoever wins that, then they're facing it for Bidden Door. It just, Andy, it's way more complicated than it needs to be. That's my problem with it. It is, and I, I agree, but I think what's interesting now is there's going to be a lot more people watching New uh, Dominion on Sunday to, to find out who Moxley is going to be facing at Forbidden Door. So I think I think it works out for New Japan very well because they're going to get more eyes on their pay-per-view. Now, granted, a majority of the AEW audience is going to watch the New Japan pay-per-view probably anyway, sure. but like I know I'm tuning in now to watch it for sure to see – Who's gonna? What's gonna happen? Who's gonna go into Forbidden Door and face John Moxley? So I think that it, it's beneficial for uh, New Japan, and I think it would have worked better if they would have come up with the plan a little sooner. I understand injuries happen, and if you want to get ahead of things, you got to jump on it pretty quickly. And maybe they didn't have all the details fully fleshed out until like halfway through the show, which I fully understand because that can happen. Uh, I just, you know, I, I think it was a little more complicated than it should have been. Mm-hmm. I think now that they've kind of, you know, have released the statement, they've kind of cleared up the air. I like the fact now that we, like, it's not just given to two people. Like, they have to now earn that sure. way to that to that shot, to that match. Um, I think it makes sense for Moxley to be the one guy to kind of get the pass because he – obviously feuded for, with Japan for like a whole year. So he's the one guy that we want to see have this match with Tanahashi. They've been trying to have a Moxley-Tanahashi match for a long time now, mm-hmm. um, which I'm, I'm, I am betting, if I was a betting man, all my money would be that that's the match that we we're going to get at Forbidden Door. But, you know, I, 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 it is convoluted, and it was messier than it should have been. But now that they've kind of flushed it out a little bit, I, I really like what they're doing with it. See... All you had to do to make this thing simpler. Now, let me just say, Kyle O'Reilly winning the Battle Royal is fantastic. Yeah. You put a spotlight on a guy that I don't think anybody expected. For me, I, if I had the pencil, I would have booked Eddie Kingston to win the Battle Royal to face John Moxley. I mm-hmm. think that would have that would have made that a little more intriguing, but happy for Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. It's really, really cool. I would have just had the Battle Royal had Moxley win the Battle Royal, don't confuse everybody with the number one contender stuff because, again, that just adds another layer to it. I would have just had Moxley win the Battle Royal. Winner of the Battle Royal faces the winner of, is it Tanahashi and... Goto? Goto, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's right. So, winner of the Battle Royal faces the winner of Tanahashi and Goto, and there's there's your champ. Okay. That takes away like four layers to the whole thing and yeah. just simplifies it. That's what I'm after. It's like, I know we're going to get into this whole other tournament situation, but I know Tony Khan likes to, he likes to Vince Russo things. Uh, that's what I'm going to start calling it. He likes to Vince Russo things in the fact that I feel like a lot of what happens is he throws it up against the wall. And let's see what hits. And Okay fine but it just makes it really confusing for all of us watching yeah and i you know and sometimes it works like sometimes there's stuff that he just throws to the wall that is ridiculously good for no reason sure um and then there are some things where you know you definitely scratch your head and i think that's that's true with a lot of different aspects of wrestling is you kind of just have to throw things at the wall and see what sticks see what doesn't stick at times yep and yeah it's it's more convoluted than it should have been um, but now that we've kind of flushed it out, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I think it's going to. I 
I like the fact that it wasn't a, ma- a battle royal to main event dynamite. I like that they kind of centered the entire show around the battle royal at the beginning, then the main event mm-hmm. facing yeah. Moxley to kind of move on. So I, that that part is kind of is the part I kind of like. I mean, if it was a main event battle royal, then it's fine. I do agree. I think Eddie Kingston would have been a really great choice as well. I, the only the only thing is with Eddie is I think whenever we do Eddie versus John again, it's going to be on a pay per view and it's going to be a death match of some sort and that's going to be mm-hmm. brutal. So I think I like that we're kind of waiting on that aspect of it. Kyle O'Reilly, I was not expecting, but when I saw he won, I was like, that's the perfect choice. He yep. and he, the match with him and Moxley was amazing. Yep, so really good. good. This is this is what Kyle O'Reilly should have been as a solo competitor in NXT is what we have now in AEW. And so I, I really enjoy what they're doing with him right now. I'm glad Moxley won because Moxley is Moxley Tanahashi is going to be a, a really good match. If we can't do Punk Tanahashi, Moxley Tanahashi is a really good second choice. So I'm excited to see what where that's going to go. And then, I mean, we've talked for I mean, I think we even talked about it last week when we were talking about Punk and who his next challenger was going to be about when we're finally going to get a two-time AEW champion. Yep, I think we're headed that way. I think Forbidden Door is going to give us that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any way Tanahashi wins that title. Now, it would be interesting. I think it would be more interesting if Tanahashi did win. Certainly would. The AEW title. And if he he won the AEW title and went back to New Japan and we had, like, no world title on AEW for a while, that would be interesting. I don't think they're going to go that route because there's a lot of – uncertainty and there's a lot that can happen when you have somebody that's your champ that lives in a different part of the country or different part of the world like that's there's a lot of logistical issues there but man it'd be something if when this this day punk comes back and is in the ring and then tanahashi comes out with that title it would definitely reminisce when cena won the wwe championship and punk returned with the wwe yep. championship at the same time to have that flip reverse on punk that would be Really interesting, especially also because Tanahashi is kind of known as the John Cena of New Japan. So, like, that would be really Mm -hmm. interesting to see that kind of flipped on him. Well, I don't think it's a huge issue if Tanahashi wins the title and takes the belt to Japan. Because I think we got enough belts in AEW to go (laughs) around. I don't think we necessarily are going to be missing the world title, especially since they added another one this Past week on Dynamite, we get the All-Atlantic Championship, which is supposed to kind of be, I guess, reminiscent of the WWE European Championship, uh, some sort of honoring other places that watch AEW and that participate in AEW. I get that. That's fine. But, man, another one that we got to worry about. And that wasn't even them announcing the trios tag titles that's been rumored for forever. Yeah, I think this one, though, I think this one isn't for uh, AEW, like, main TV. I think this one is actually to be defended in different promotions around the world. I think that's what this title is. So I think that, like, the concept is really cool of, like, we're going to crown this champion at Forbidden Door because this is, like, a multi-promotional pay-per-view, and then this title can only be defended in other promotions around the world. So I think that aspect of it is really cool, really interesting. Um. I don't know if we're ever going to get the trios titles. I would love to see the trios titles because titles because there's so many factions <laughs> in AEW. Right. So like I, that, I think the trios title would work work really well. And I don't think this all Atlantic champion or whatever. I don't think it's going to be very prevalent on AEW TV. I think it's just for this kind of pay per view and then go out from there to different promotions. But another tournament. I love we tournaments. Just, we just I love one. tournaments. I do too, in a sense, but golly, man, like, let's pump the brakes on a tournament. Well, and I, we? yeah, and I get, I, I, I think we're doing a lot of tournaments. I don't think we're going to do another tournament for, though for a while until the Owen Hart one comes around again. Because when else are you going to have a, a multi-promotional uh, pay-per-view where you can kind of do this sure. tournament to have these different matchups that you'll never see again or you haven't, you've never seen before? and then move on to to the finals and then kind of move on from there. So the the back-to-back tournaments don't don't bother me, especially because this one's not as long as the Owen Hart one is. Like, this is only a couple weeks, and then Forbidden Door, we have the pay-per-view, and then we move on. 
Right. We're ending in a fatal four way, which is fun. Um, yeah. I pack advancing after beating Buddy Matthews in a tremendous match on Dynamite. And then I think I think Malachi Black is a shoe in to win this championship. If yeah. not, I think it's pack. Yeah. Um, maybe this is where, you know, we mentioned Tanahashi winning the title earlier. Maybe this is where your Japan guy wins an AEW title. Maybe whoever comes out of the New Japan match, which I don't know if that's happening at the pay-per-view. I don't know when that's happening because they didn't announce participants, I don't think, on Dynamite. Unless no, I, I don't think so. So there's going to be a New Japan match to qualify somebody for the Federal 4 way, and then the other two matches are going to happen on AEW television, whether it be yeah. Rampage or Dynamite. Um, so it's Penta and Malachi, and then it is... Ethan I don't Page and... Ethan Page and... Miro. Yeah, that's right. Good yeah. call. So Miro, so, I think Miro's a good. I, honestly, I don't, I don't, I think if it's not Malachi Black, I think Miro's a shoe in to win as well. I, I'm just thinking of like you mentioned earlier, going into other promotions, and we don't see Miro pop up in other promotions. Yeah. So if that is the basis for this title, I think it's got to be Malachi. I don't know how much Pack still does for other right. promotions. I think it's got to be Malachi. Or I think it's got to be the Japan guy. If yeah. that's the route we're going, if not, if we're just saying, okay, we're going to defend it on AEW television. We're going to bring people from other promotions on AEW TV. Then absolutely. I think Miro is, is a good choice for that. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, another thing that we saw in reference to forbidden door on dynamite is this idea that Adam Cole and, <laughs> Hangman Page are fighting over the chance to face Okada at Forbidden Door. Now, Okada is a huge prize. We talked about how whoever he's in the ring with is going to be a fantastic match. But I think it's funny that they've kind of turned that into a storyline. Uh, why not? Because why? everybody wants to see this Okada match with somebody. And if it's not Kenny again, then I think Adam Cole is the perfect choice for Okada. Because it's two different styles, but they would work so well together. Um, it's really interesting that out of the two guys in the main roster, of course, Okada would have the match with the two former Bullet Club members as well. So I think that is that is very interesting to see that. And, you know, why not? Everybody wants to see Okada at the pay-per-view. Everybody wants their chance to wrestle one of the greatest wrestlers of all time in Okada. And to have him kind of come in and do that, I think, I think that'd be really interesting. And I love that they're making it its own story. I think we're definitely heading though to Okada, Adam Cole. Like, I think that is the perfect place to head for that. And I don't know what hangman's going to do yet. Hangman could face Naito. Like uh, 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 Naito would Naito and hangman would be a really good choice as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh, I just, like you said, I find it interesting that why not turn this into a storyline, just another layer to the Adam Cole hangman page storyline yep. of, you know, whatever that looks like, especially when Kenny Omega comes back and, you know, it'll be interesting uh, to see if he does come back, you know, there's rumors floating around that he could be done for a while. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it, very interesting that that's come up. Also very interesting to see the appearance of Will Ospreay last night on dynamite, your favorite wrestler. Um, but we had to know it was coming. You know, yeah. we're doing this new Japan deal. Osprey has to show up at some point. Absolutely. And I, you know, I don't, I don't hate it. I'm, if he's going to be in any match, I'm glad it's a triple threat or a a, a six man tag um, with FTR and with Trent. That FTR and Trent being together is kind of a weird combination, anyway. Yes, it is. Um, but you know, I think the match itself is going to be great. I think Will Will Osprey is going to have a great match, no matter who he's in the ring with. Like he's one, he's one of those guys. I just never. He just always rubbed me the wrong way. And so, I, you know, I, I'm not too – he him being in there is whatever, but I fully understand why because he is one of the most popular non-AEW slash WWE wrestlers in the world, Will Ospreay is. And right. so bring him in, let him kind of do some things for a while. Um, it, it's totally smart to have him in there. Is it just me or does he look like Logan Paul? I didn't notice that until you said it, but now that I'm picturing him, he does. <laughs> He looks very reminiscent of Logan Paul. They both have very punchable faces. They do. 
Yes, they do. Uh, well, you know. That's why they work as heels. <laughs> I guess that, that would make sense. Um, <laughs> let's look ahead to next week. AEW Dynamite presents Road Rager next week. Some big matches coming up. You got Wardlow in a gauntlet match against like 20 security guards. I love guards, it. I which love is really it. really funny. Uh, you've got Jericho and uh, Ortiz. That's right. Yep. I couldn't remember if it was Santana or Ortiz. Uh, Jericho and Ortiz in a hair versus hair match. Uh, Jericho losing his hair. I just. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. I, it's going to be insane. It's going to be. <laughs> um, and then we see announced the headlining match for next week. And I'm probably forgetting one or two matches that were announced. But the headlining match next week, a triple threat ladder match where the AEW Tag Team Championship, the Young Bucks, the Hardy Boys, and the Jurassic Express. Man, if there wasn't a match that was tailor-made for the Hardys to win the AEW Tag Team Championship, it's this one. And I don't think they're going to do it. You don't? Okay. No. I think with Jeff being injured and not 100%, I don't think they're going to put the tag titles on him. Uh, I think this okay. might be a way to kind of write them off TV, right? at least Jeff, write him off TV for a little bit to kind of let him go get rest up and healed up because the man is, uh, he needs a break. <laughs> he, need, yep. he, needs some, he needs some Jeff time. So I think it, it's, he needs to, to go away. Honestly, I think this is, the, this is tailor-made for the Young Bucks to win the titles here. Um, because we kind of had the, the trilogy with the Hardy boys over the last decade or so with the young bucks, let them win those titles. I have said it the last two times they have defended the titles, but I can almost guarantee you Jurassic Express is not winning this, this championship. Now that I said that, right. And now that I said that they're probably going to win, but I really think this is the perfect opportunity to put the belts back on the young bucks. I think the young bucks, having the tag titles is so interesting and they do such a great job with it. Um, because also I think when we head to uh, all out, which I think is the next pay-per-view um, after yeah, forbidden yeah. door, uh, when we, once we start heading to all out, I think we're getting young bucks FTR for the AEW tag team championships. And so I think this is the perfect time to put that on them and then head to that match at all out. I don't know which way they're going to go. Like I, I very much lean towards the Hardys. But wow, I'm watching Dynamite right now. Nick Jackson looks really weird, clean shaven. Anyway, it's so weird. It's so strange. Um. Anyway, I agree with you about the Bucks because the titles don't feel as important when they're not on the Bucks. So mm-hmm. I totally get that. I don't know, man. I just, I, I just think they if they're going to put the AEW Tag Team Titles on the Hardys, they need to do it now. Yeah, like way sooner rather than later because Jeff being injured or not, they've only got so much gas left in the tank, and <laughs> the gaslight's coming on for for this run, in my yeah. opinion. Like we yeah. don't have much further we're gonna go. <clears throat> no, so I don't. I just don't think you can wait much longer to put the titles on them. Yeah, and I I agree with that. I just. I think there's a lot of issues, especially now that your world champion is hurt. I don't think you want your tag champs to be hurt as well. So I think that sure, I get that that can definitely play a part into it. I agree, though. I think we are. I think, I think Matt Hardy still has a lot more in the tank um, because Matt has, in a weird way, sort of taken care of his body more than Jeff has. He's not doing right. the swantons on steel steps anymore and, and crazy things like that. And he's been sober for longer. Right, and that you know, and that that does definitely play a massive part in all of this. So I think, I think you're right. It's if we're going to ever have the tag team championships on the Hardys, it's now. I don't think I don't know if we'll ever get to that point though. I don't know if they're actually ever going to put the tag titles on the Hardy Boys. Well, I said the same thing about CM Punk in the world title, and I was proven wrong. So I don't know. I, yeah. I don't think they need them either. I'm just saying, if we're ever going to do it. Now's the probably time. Do it now. Yeah, yeah. should probably do it now. Um, all right, man. Anything else from AEW before we move on? Like anything else that jumped out to you? Anything else you want to bring up or looking forward to? Um, I'm glad Wardlow is going after the TNT Championship, and uh, his reasoning for not being in the Battle Royal 
and things like that was really solid of like, I, yeah. I want to beat punk. I don't want to be the interim champion. I want to beat and pin punk. So I like that. I like that he's going after the TNT championship. I think that's a perfect spot for him right now. And then if we're getting Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Championship, it's going to be good. It's mm-hmm. going to be very good. Yep. Uh, here's my thing to add. Again, it would not be an episode of, a, of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast if we didn't crap on commentary in AEW. So here we go. Leave JR Did alone. You know, I can't. I can't. <laughs> he says stupid stuff all the time. He does. For example... In the Battle Royal, Lance Archer is dominating, okay? He's slamming people. He's doing whatever. JR says, and I quote, There's too much talking about Lance Archer and his potential. There's too much there for him to not be better than he is. <laughs> Bro. He buries stuff all the time on it. On, yeah. You're, you just buried the dude that went on this huge comeback in the battle Royal. He's a huge monster. The people are behind him. You just said he sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, J- come on. JR, JR buries a lot of things in AEW. Uh, I under I understand his point of he has so much potential and he hasn't been given the opportunities but just say that. Just say, man, Lance Archer has so much potential. Maybe this is his opportunity to get into the world title scene or something like that. Don't say he's not good. Granted, he has had opportunities and lost to Paige. But, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, it's, <laughs> JR, just needs to go take a, JR just needs to go take a little nap and then come back. He come needs something. Come on, bro. Come on. My goodness. All right. If you're just now joining us and you're a JR fan, I'm really sorry. But know that here on the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, uh, I'm not a fan of Jim Ross. Anyway, but that's beside the point. We do talk about wrestling. We do give you our opinions. Uh, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, well, hope you hope you dig that. If you do, make sure you join us every Monday and Thursday wherever you find your podcast on SportsWire Radio and on the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, the notifications bell. Leave us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. Follow me at ChrisBelcher24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, the show is at PBW Podcast on those platforms as well. Joining me is my co-host, Mr. Andy York. Talked a lot about AEW. We talked about a lot of injuries in AEW. Really, CM Punk's injury is kind of like the overarching story of what's going on in AEW because you saw all of the dominoes fall in AEW for the Battle Royal and for the Forbidden Door matches and the interim title, yada, yada, yada. Well, now let's move to AEW, and or sorry, WWE, and another injury that we're seeing dominoes from, maybe not so obvious, but you can certainly say, well, that could be a cause of, and of course we're talking about Cody Rhodes and his torn peg. Tore it last week, weight training, had a phenomenal match with Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. Probably match of the year at this point. Uh, your favorite of their trilogy. So Cody has his injury and he shows up on Raw, cuts his promo, Seth shows him some respect, and then of course attacks him to send him off. How did you feel about Cody showing up for a promo? Were you okay with it? Or were you like me? Like, I would have rather have seen Hell in a Cell just be it and just go away. What do you think? Um, I'm fine with it because I, that's that's the Cody thing. Like, Cody's thing is, is cutting a passionate promo. And, you know, he, in his promo, he kind of left out. Like, he left in the option of like, hey, you could still see me at Money in the Bank. Like, if I if there's any way I can get back to Money in the Bank, I'm going to get there. So, I like that they were able to kind of sprinkle that in and things like that. The promo he cut was amazing because it's Cody Rhodes cutting a promo. It's, it's always going to be amazing. Um, and I love the Seth beatdown at the end. Like I know a lot of people weren't too fond of, or thought it was unnecessary. It reminded me in a backwards way, reminded me of Tommaso Ciampa all over again of Mm -hmm. you have this recollection, like you, like you come together with Johnny one more time and then you beat the crap out of him. So like, I, I like that we kind of went that way. It adds so much more to Seth's character now. 
um, to the point now where I could honestly see, because I think Cody's out for at least six months. At least five, somewhere five probably in the five right. to six, seven, maybe even eight range. And if he's back, if he's healthy at five, they're going to hold off another month because that's that's rump, like we're right at the Royal Rumble yep. time, and he's going to be a lock right now if he doesn't show up before the Rumble as a surprise entrance in the Rumble. And I could see it now with Seth in the ring, Cody's music hits, and boom, there we go. Like that, we pick back up. Cody eliminates Seth, and that's the bookend to that story right then and there. So I think that I think it was smart to have him come back, cut that promo. I think it was smart to do the beat down the way they did. Um, it makes Seth look more menacing now, and like it kind of adds more to Seth's character to the point now where I think Seth is a lock almost to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. Like I think yep. he is the one guy right now that will win the Money in the Bank briefcase, and I I want Cody to be the one to beat Roman. Like, I want Cody to be that guy, but if they want to do it sooner, put the belt on Seth Rollins. Put mm-hmm. that title on Seth Rollins right now. And I wouldn't hate a Seth versus Cody for the WWE Championship at, at uh, WrestleMania again. Like, I wouldn't hate to see that rematch again. I think you're absolutely right. I think that this was this feud was, number one, a showcase of Cody. Number two, it was to show everybody, like, look, one of these two guys is going to be the Money in the Bank winner. Like, everybody yeah. else is just going to be there holding their spot. Like, one of these two guys is going to win. And if you read rumors online like I did, it was Cody. Cody was going was in line to win Money in the Bank had he not gotten hurt. So yeah. now I think it's an easy pivot to Seth. I think you're absolutely right. I think the only other person you could really pivot to is Kevin Owens. I think yeah. that is a, a great a great selection. Maybe Drew McIntyre. And he announces that, like we've said yeah. before, that he's going to cash in at the England show. Maybe that happens. I don't know. But regardless, we got a lot. We got a couple of weeks here to predict some money in the bank stuff. But that being said, man, we wish Cody Rhodes all the best. There's no way he's getting back by money in the bank. Thank you for teasing that, but it's not going to happen. There's <laughs> no possible way. That would be like super, 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 super Cena if that yeah. happens. Yeah. Not going to happen. Um, <laughs> Let's move on to the other big news in the WWE, man. A, a domino that you could say could be a direct correlation to Cody being hurt. Don't know for sure. Hasn't been confirmed, but man, Edge getting kicked out of the Judgment Day and Finn Balor entering, being the new leader. There are so many layers to this, man. What What's your initial thoughts on it? I was this the first time in, I can't remember when, where I was genuinely shocked in a great way with Monday on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Of like this was I did not see this coming. I did not expect this to happen. But it's something that needed to happen. We talked about it on the post show for Hell in the Cell of there's something that's kind of missing with Judgment Day. And I think part of it was because Edge as weird as weird as it is to say, Edge wasn't believable in Judgment Day. Sure. Like I, I think Rhea is believable. I think Damian Priest is believable. I don't think Edge was believable in Judgment Day. And so I think switching to a guy like Finn Balor to be the leader, one, this is the push that Finn Balor absolutely needs at this moment because he better have this feud with Edge and he better win this feud with Edge to make Judgment Day this dominant force that needs to happen. And I, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. I'm excited that we're getting – Babyface Edge back. Mm-hmm. Um, I it seems like it may have been a reaction to Cody, but also there have been some reports that Edge has not been happy with Judgment Day at all. Um, mm-hmm. and so that maybe this was kind of in the works to happen, and then the Cody injury happened, so they they hot shot it really quick to happen now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I love it. I think it's perfect for Finn Balor. I think it's perfect for Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley, and I'm glad Edge is kind of back to being a baby face and maybe now he could be the baby face that's not happy he's finally back in wrestling but like a baby face that's somewhat compelling at this point and he has and he has something to prove yeah yeah i think you're absolutely right i think you're also absolutely right i don't think this was the original plan like i i don't this was not how they wanted judgment day to turn out i don't think i am also very happy that we're going to get heel finn balor on the main roster oh for the first time 
if they let him be what he was in NXT, they probably won't. But if they let him be, have the attitude that he had in NXT, man, sign me up. I think it'll be great. Here's my reservation of this whole thing. You've got Finn Balor, you got Damian Priest, and you got Rhea Ripley. Finn Balor, if given the opportunity, can carry the group. But it's been shown in WWE that they don't necessarily give him that opportunity. Right. I'm afraid that Judgment Day is not going to feel as important anymore. I feel like it's not going to be as credible anymore. I think Edge was the glue that held the credibility together. Edge was the must-see part of Judgment Day. Now, who's must-see? Who is the reason that you're tuning in to see Judgment Day? Again, we are 72-ish hours removed from this happening. So a lot can happen. We can be proven wrong. I'm just looking devil's advocate on the other side and saying, I feel like Judgment Day might get lost in the shuffle now. I don't think it will at first because I don't think Edge will let it. I, I think I think Edge is such a big fan of Finn Balor that he That's true. that he's not going to let this feud harm Finn. Like I don't I think he he's that kind of guy where because I mean if you saw the the picture that's been floating around of like long-term storytelling, Edge popped up in NXT for a little bit when Finn showed yep. back up yep. and had a heart to heart with Finn. So like this is kind of coming full circle yep. and I don't think Edge is going to be the kind of guy to bury the new judgment day. Um, because I going sure. back to 2010, I think I believe it was 2010 SummerSlam 2010 when it was team Cena versus team Nexus mm-hmm. and edge and Jericho both were like team Nexus needs to win this. And they went the opposite way. And now we look at <laughs> what happened with team Nexus. Obviously it kind of worked out for the better, but I think it completely derailed Wade Barrett's push on the main roster from that point right. on. I don't think Edge is going to let that happen to Finn. I agree. I think if Edge has anything to say about it, it will still be good. But I don't think Edge needs to be on TV this coming week. No, I think he needs sell to be it. off for a couple of weeks. Yep. Let's sell it. That way that as soon as that old Edge music hits, the place goes bananas. Because That's I, what you need. I Keep him off till Money in the Bank and have Finn in the Money in the Bank match. Have Finn... Look like he's about to win Money in the Bank, and then you hit. You think here you know me, Edge. and here comes yep. Edge, and the crowd goes crazy, and now we're off. I, I hate it that we're not getting Edge and Cena, but if we get Edge and Finn at at, at SummerSlam, then I'm just as happy. <laughs> yep, yeah, that would be really cool. Speaking of Cena, what a perfect segue! Look at you. Thank you. John Cena is announced on Monday Night Raw that he is making his return to WWE television on June the twenty seventh to celebrate his 20th year in the WWE, June 27th, for all of you who may or may not know, is the day after the AEW Forbidden Door pay-per-view. It's also the Monday before Money in the Bank. So, there's obviously a chance that he could step right up on Monday night and say, yeah, Austin Theory, I'm going to wrestle you at Money in the Bank (laughs) if they leave that open. There's a shot realistically, I mean, that's really the only story you could tell to get him in the ring for Money in the Bank, I would think. Regardless, the summer of Cena is back, man. It's back, and I'm excited, because I think this one is going to be completely different than last year's. Of He doesn't have to worry about going after the title now. He can kind of do some different things. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they want to save Theory versus Cena for SummerSlam. I, I could honestly see Theory losing the title to Cena at Money in the Bank and then maybe winning it back at SummerSlam or maybe Cena faces someone else at SummerSlam for the U.S. title. I would love it if they brought back Cena versus uh, Owens once again for the U.S. Mm-hmm. title, kind of bring, call back that feud, have Kevin Owens go over once again at SummerSlam to win the U.S. championship. I think that would be a really interesting way to go with that. Mm. See, I've got a more perfect feud for Kevin Owens for SummerSlam that I cannot let go of. So I don't think it's going to be KO and Cena. I think it needs to be KO and Brock Lesnar. That's just my opinion. Oh, gosh. Don't kill Kevin. He wouldn't kill him. Kevin's been beat enough. He needs he needs to get some wins back at this point. Could you imagine? Shout out to Jason Bakowitz for this creative. This is not coming from my brain. But could you imagine (laughs) the promos? 
if Kevin Owens and Brock Lesnar and Kevin Owens, you know, what he's been doing with Ezekiel, talking about how he's a liar, how he calls out Brock Lesnar for not being a real cowboy. Could you imagine what that would be? Kevin Owens coming out in the fringe pants and a cowboy hat himself. I mean, come on, bro. That's comedy gold. I agree. It is. <laughs> I just don't want Kevin Owens to be the new comedy guy all the time. Like he's I want so good. At he it. is. He's so good. And I think you can be the comedy guy, but also be a viable contender for stuff. Sure you can. And because sure so, Jericho, like Jericho is that way. Jericho's a funny guy, but he's always been kind of in the mix. Right. Kale Brock, I I don't think that would work well for Kevin. I don't know how Brock would feel about it. I don't think it would work well for Kevin. I would much rather see Kevin versus Cena and do mm-hmm. Brock versus Walter at, at SummerSlam because two big meaty men throwing each other around. And let Brock go after the IC title. Like That would be really interesting to see Brock going after one of those titles instead of the main title. See, I just don't I don't think Brock's going to do that. I know it makes sense, but Brock's all about that box office attraction, man. And he I just don't think he's going to do it. Now you could do Brock and Walter at the at uh, the UK show. You could. That true. would that would bring in a lot of money unless That's Brock true. won and then lord he would be booed out the, he would be booed out of the building. Do you think Brock's going to go into that match and not win? Uh, it depends on where it's at. Honestly, if it's in the UK, I don't, I don't care if it's in the UK, the US, Kentucky, Louisiana. It don't matter. Brock Lesnar is getting the one, two, three over Walter. It is absolutely. <sighs> there's no way on planet Earth they would book that match and Brock would lose. Zero chance. I see because no. I think they're trying to build up Walter, but they ain't going to let him beat Brock Lesnar. We said that, that about like- Drew, and Drew beat him. But look what look what they did with Drew. Right. Had there not been a pandemic, Drew would still be considered one of the number one guys in the company. Had there I think not he been still a is. Oh, I think he is too. But, but I'm saying I, I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah, probably, probably. But I don't know. I think as as I think it, it would be really interesting to be something different for Brock to do that. I think if it happens at SummerSlam, Brock wins. I think. If it happens at the UK show, Walter has a better chance of winning because that would be—I think that that would be a good way to send the crowd home happy or whatever. But because there ain't no way Drew's beating Roman, so I think no. I don't think they want both UK guys to lose on the same show. So I think that would be kind of that way to go with it. But especially the first one in 35 years, they don't want to—they don't want to make the the fans mad too mad too mad because. UK fans are not as nice as American fans are at the time. And they let you That's know true. when you suck. That's true. We just went a long way around John Cena coming back. So John Cena's coming back, y'all. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's probably going to be Cena in theory at SummerSlam that makes the most sense. It'll probably yep. happen there. Uh, like you said, though, we were kind of holding out for Cena and Edge. That'll probably happen now at Saudi or at the UK show. Somewhere where they can do a babyface versus babyface match, and it's not that big of a deal. See, if Randy beats Roman at SummerSlam, which I am not putting it out of the realm of possibility because it's Randy Orton in a WWE Championship match, Randy technically, technically he would be a 16-time champion at that point because he won two titles. So technically he would be a 16-time world champion as well. 16-time versus 16-time defending versus Cena at Saudi. I, you can't do better than that, really. So that's true. That's a possibility. That's very true. Um, where am I going next? Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Owens. We mentioned Kevin Owens. This is where I wanted to go next. Man, this continuation of the Kevin Owens and Ezekiel story, we wondered where it was going to go next. Kevin Owens gets a pen of pay-per-view. We wondered where it was going to go next. Man, how funny was it? with Ezekiel admitting that he was Elias to get Kevin Owens to accept the match and be like, bro, I just pulled a you, man. I just, I just pulled a you. It was hilarious. Yeah. It it, it was very funny. I just, we got to wrap this up sometime soon. I I think we're getting, I think we're getting to, I think it needs that wrap up before money, the bank. Cause I think Kevin Owens is going to be in the money, the bank ladder match. And I I think if we stretch out too far, it's going to go from being funny to, all right, let's move on from this now. And sure. so we got to kind of wrap this up. I think it wraps up next week. I think Kevin Owens wins again, beats Ezekiel, and we move on 
I think you're probably right. All right. Um, let's talk about Becky Lynch for a minute. Uh, you immediately texted me on Monday. Like, Bro, I can't believe this is happening. Becky Lynch, 24-7 title. I watched it yeah. after the fact. It's not as bad as you made it sound. De- defend your side of why you think it's bad, and then I'll see what I can do on the other side. So I get where they're coming from storyline-wise. I do. But let's put the title back on our truth for a second. Do you think Roman Reigns would ever go after the 24-7 championship? Ever? No. I don't think Becky should either. I think Becky is on that level with the women's division as Roman is. And I I think it lowers her by putting her after the 24-7 title. I get what they're doing storyline-wise. I get why they're doing it. I don't think Becky needed to be pinned. I think you could have had Asuka get involved and you could throw the entire match out. Like that's the one time I'm okay with a DQ finish or right. a or a wonky finish there. So I I don't want Becky getting pinned by Dana Brooke. No offense to Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke should not be pinning someone like Becky Lynch ever. And so that was my whole issue with it is I feel like Becky is starting to fall off a little bit. And she's not the man anymore. She's not and, and she's not trying to be the man anymore. And I get that. But we've got we've to do some damage control, I feel like, after this. I'll give you two, two reasons. Number one, I'm talking about Becky falling off a little bit. We said the exact same thing about Seth Rollins when he started his turn. And Becky Lynch is just now kind of on her turn to finding this new character. So I think we need to give her a little bit. Once she finds it, we're talking about Seth Rollins being the best thing on the show right now. So... Give Becky Lynch a little bit of time. Let's get it. Because she's only been doing this Lady Gaga type deal just for a little while. So I say give her a little bit of time and let's see what she comes up with. And the second thing is, I agree with you about the DQ finish. But I think this is a situation to me, in my opinion, that this doesn't hurt Becky getting pinned because... Not that you're giving credibility to the 24-7 title, but you're trying to get more women involved mm-hmm. in what's going on. So that's okay. Scratch the 24-7 title. I don't care about that. Uh, clearly, nobody else does either. <laughs> but the sole thing that saves this whole situation is that Asuka was involved. If Asuka hadn't been involved and it would have went down the way that it did, then we're going to be throwing stuff up against the wall and we're going to have problems. But Asuka being involved continues that story. Asuka costed her the match. Becky is spiraling because she had the match won at Hell in a Cell and she got thrown out of the ring. Now she's gotten pinned by Dana Brooke and it's Asuka's fault. Asuka's come back. Asuka's ruined what Becky was trying to accomplish. So I think it's... I think it's good storytelling, but I totally see where you're coming from. Is like if this felt if 24-7, Dana Brooke, and all that felt more important to begin with, then it might be okay to do this situation with Becky. So I agree, it's a little mismatched, but I think it's more to further the Becky story than it is to bring up the other side. Yeah, and I think it would have worked better if it was like the tag titles, like the women's tag team championships that that happened. I I would feel more comfortable about it. I just I feel like we don't I don't think we would ever have Charlotte in this situation, in this scenario. Charlotte would never go after the 24/7 title or would want to even win it or even like there are some titles that are below certain people. And the 24-7 title is a perfect example of that. And I I don't think Becky should ever care about being 24-7 champion. I think she would care more about doing the Bobby Lashley route and stealing the fans' replica belt than win the 24-7 title. Which which she did at WrestleMania 38 at the panel when we were there. Um, But I don't think it's about the 24-7 title. I know she said to put the title on the line, and I know that she weaved that in. But I don't think that's what it's about. I don't think she was chasing that title. I think it was just the heat of the moment, the frustration. Well, if I can't have this, I'm going to steal this. And it was just a matter of, I need something. I need to, I need to correct what's going on. 
yeah. think that's it wasn't as much about the belt as it was that. Yeah, and I I get it storyline wise, but still, it just it. I know it's not one of those things. Like I don't I. We talked about when Seth kind of started this new character. If Seth did the same thing, I think it would diminish. It would it would lower his character as well. And if we're trying to build up this new character for Becky, I get it. She's desperate. She wants to hold a title. She wants to be champion. She wants to do all these different things. I would much rather her go after the U.S. title from Austin Theory or something like that right. than try to go after the 24-7 title. The 24-7 title is such a joke that I, I don't want any of the main stars. I don't even want like a Baron Corbin going after the 24 seven title. So like, I, right. I don't like the fact that they centered it around that. I get it storyline wise, but I feel like there was a better route we could have gone than to put her in the ring with the 24 seven champion. Probably was. Um, I agree with that. Probably was. All right, ma'am, let's get ready to put a bow on this episode. Anything else from WWE that you want to cover? Anything else that we're missing? Uh, stuff you're looking forward to, that kind of thing? Uh, can we please get rid of the championship contenders match? Yes. Because it's, I think so it's, awful. it's so stupid that you have to beat the champion to win the champion, like to be, to earn the championship shot. Yes, like that, to me, makes no sense. It, you already seen the match. We've already seen Street Profits versus the Usos now. So, like, I get that. And you don't want to, like, you, if you don't want to harm the Usos by having them lose, don't put them in the match in the first place and have them lose. Like, that, yep. that's so stupid. We didn't, we haven't done that with Roman with the, the both titles. We haven't really done it with, you know, why wasn't Bianca in the Fatal Four Way right. to see who wins that? Like, it, it's so convoluted when we start doing things like that. And it, it, it doesn't help anybody. It kind of hurts the champion. I agree. Yeah, like if if you're having a championship contenders match, to me it's two people fighting and whoever wins gets a shot at it. Like yeah. that's that's the way to do it. Like I don't know. Yeah, I've always yeah. hated the championship contenders match, uh, having the champion involved and all that. I think it's dumb. You could have the champion involved in the story, but don't Absolutely. have them in the match. That's dumb. Absolutely. Don't Absolutely. Do yeah, I think it's very stupid. All right. Before we sign off, a couple more things to hit. Always, we hand out our high spots and our turd sandwiches for the week. The highs and the lows of this week in the wrestling business. Andy, I'll start with you. What was your high spot of this week? The thing that you enjoyed the most or thought was executed the best? What you got? Uh, my high spot is is the Pack buddy Matthews match. That match yeah. was so good. And it it would have been a cruiserweight match in WWE, but it was such a big deal and it was such a good match. So I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really good too. Good, good um, showcase. That's the word showcase yep. for those guys. Really, really Especially good. Especially by the Matthews. Yes. Uh, my high spot is also going to come from AEW. And it's what I mentioned earlier. Kyle O'Reilly winning the battle Royal was just so dang out of nowhere. Yep. It was so cool. Um, I'm not ready to jump on the Kyle O'Reilly singles bandwagon just yet, but I, I do like that he got his shot, uh, to shine and that he got a shot at Moxley and they had a tremendous match. So just something different. I like that. And I can get behind that. I, it was yeah. really funny to see the crowd after he won and just like, <laughs> sort of like the blank stares on their face of like, what, what just happened? <laughs> Like Kyle O'Reilly, what just happened? You know what I mean? Because yeah. you could tell they all wanted Darby Allen to win, or they would have been okay with Andrade, or you know whatever. Right? Kyle O'Reilly. Okay. So I dig that. That was really really cool. Turd sandwich. Uh, the worst thing that happened in the wrestling business this week. Um, I've got two, and I just mentioned them both: the Usos losing the account out, and Becky being involved in the twenty four seven title. Both of those things were. Just stay away from them from now on. Let's find yep. different ways to advance these stories other than have them lose or be in pointless matches. My third sandwich this week is um, Marina Shafir. <laughs> I knew once I saw that. I knew once I saw that. I knew that was going to be it. Please get off television. It was better than Please. the first match you had. Please get off television. Like, she is almost level to me. Oh, she's like, not that bad. Go away. She's not yes. that bad. Go away. She is not Omos levels of bad. You're she right, can at least she... do stuff. 
You're right. That's Jade Cargill. Um, no. Oh, no, 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 no. That's no, that's I'm bad. not. I'm I'm not a fan. Those, that, not a fan at all. <sighs> I, I, I'm not a fan of, of Marina Shafir either. She's not Omos levels of bad. Mm, but I think so. She can actually do. She can actually move without making it look lunky. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, she can. Before we sign off, I forgot to do this at the top of the show, so we're going to do it here at the end of the show, so forgive me. Um, but coming up this Monday, we talked about it on social media. We've teased it on social media. We've talked about it here. It is finally here this Monday, June the 13th, the very first edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Federation, the PBWF fantasy booking show that Andy and I have got cooked up for you. We've been working on this for a long, long time now. Um, and it is finally coming this Monday. Now, having said that, our Monday shows will now be the PBWF shows for the foreseeable future. Um, just because we uh, we tease three shows and that kind of thing. But for right now, I think we're just going to stick with this being the Monday show. And it's going to work out better for all of us. And then we'll see how that goes and we'll revisit it. And maybe we will um, add that in as an additional show and bring back what we normally do on Mondays. We're still going to review pay-per-views after they happen, so have no fear. That's still going to happen, but we're, this show is going to be on Monday. So what I wanted to do is to give a little tease about what you might see coming up on Monday and on these PBWF shows. Of course, Andy will be managing the Mayhem brand. I will be representing the Revolution brand. Is going to be a very interesting fantasy booking situation. You've seen graphics online about some of the guys that are on our roster. If you haven't listened to the draft episode, go back and do that. You've got time. But Andy, give us a little preview about what we might see in week one of Mayhem. So in week one, we are introducing our 16-man tournament to crown the first ever world champion at the first ever pay-per-view. Uh, as well as introducing the eight-woman uh, tournament. I told you earlier I love tournaments, and you're going to oh, see yeah. it in booking through the first month. Uh, but uh, eight-woman tournament to, to crown the first-ever women's champion. And uh, we're going to find out why and what Triple H's uh, deal is in Mayhem. It's uh, mm. he's, he's, got, he's got some tricks up his sleeve for some stuff, so you're going to have to tune in to find out what that is. It's very, very interesting. Full disclosure, we have already <laughs> recorded episode one. It is in the can, and you guys are going to enjoy it. Let me just tell you. So from the Revolution side, as you all know, if you've listened to the draft episode, Stone Cold Steve Austin is running the ship. And if you watched Monday Night Raw in the Ruthless Aggression era, you know that anything and everything <laughs> happened when Austin was running the ship. So you should fully expect that on Revolution uh, Roman Reigns was the number one draft pick for Revolution. So if you know anything about his attitude right now, he's going to be bringing that sort of uh, title, so to speak, as the number one pick to Revolution. He's going to try to pull some rank there. So we'll see how that works out. And then, of course, you can't ever forget about especially pulling rank and a veteran, Chris Jericho, what kind of impact he is going to make. On the Revolution brand, yep. uh, we'll see what kind of tricks he has up his sleeve. That and so much more. There's going to be a tag team battle royal happening in a couple of weeks to crown our first tag team champions. So uh, lots of good stuff coming on both Mayhem and Revolution. Hope you guys enjoy it. I know Andy had a great show for, Re uh, for Mayhem. I was very much intrigued. And Revolution was, Revolution was a lot of fun. It was very uh, good. Let it, me just say that it was it's 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 two good opening shows that set up what we're going to do and kind of two different styles of pro wrestling happening at once. So, nope. you know, if you like real wrestling, no, I'm just playing. If you like pro wrestling, probably you'll <laughs> like my side. If you like wrestling with your entertainment, you'll probably like Chris side. We're going to have mixes of both. It's going to sure be it's going to be mixes of both, but it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Sure we are. It's going to be a lot of fun, that's for sure. You can definitely see the AEW coming out <laughs> on one side and the WWE coming out on the other side, but that's okay. That's no problem. Like Andy said, there's going to be there's going to be weaving in and out of that. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I yep. encourage you guys to check it out. Monday, June the 13th, the first edition of PBWF. 
Mayhem versus Revolution. It's a lot of fun. No, we're not booking. I thought about this earlier. No, we're not booking our shows against one another, but it is two brands under the PBWF banner happening at the same time. Very reminiscent of Raw and SmackDown, that kind of thing. So check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. At PBW Podcast is where you can keep up to date on all of that information on that show, on the Thursday show, and everything in between. Follow along, interact with us, give us some feedback. We want to know what you think. Uh, we want to know if you're digging what we're doing. We want to talk about what you want to hear about. So, feedback at PBW Podcast. Andy is at Andy underscore PBWP. I'm at Chris Belcher 24. Give us a follow as well. Subscribe to the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel. Subscribe to us wherever you find your, your podcast. Audio version, that's Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. We're there. All right. Give us a five-star review. We would appreciate it very, very much. All right. That is going to do it for this edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast for Mr. Andy York. My name is Chris Buster. Thanks for hanging out with us. We will catch you guys down the road.